And thank you. You'll turn with me this morning to James chapter 5. <clears throat> uh, continuing our series in the person and the work of the Holy Spirit, and in particular now, uh, our series on the fruit of the Spirit. We are to patience this morning. James chapter 5, verses 7 through 11. And this is God's word. Therefore, be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. The farmer waits for the precious produce of the soil, being patient about it until he gets the early and late rains. You too, be patient. Strengthen your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is near. Do not complain, brethren, against one another, so that you yourselves may not be judged. Behold, the judge is standing right at the door. As an example, brethren, of suffering and patience, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. We count those blessed who endured. You have, seen, you have heard of the endurance of Job and have seen the outcome of the Lord's dealings, that the Lord is full of compassion and is merciful. Go back with me to Galatians chapter 5, where again we find the fruit of the Spirit given. Verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Again, that's God's Word. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for uh, this time together in your Word. What a rich time we've had already. Uh, what a great and tremendous blessing to be able to sing. Uh, with your people, sing hymns of praise and blessing and honor uh, to to you. Uh, what a what a privilege and blessing to read your word together. What a privilege to pray together. Now, Father, what a privilege to study your word together. So we pray that you'd use this effectively in all of our lives. By your Holy Spirit, would you take your word and apply it to our hearts? Would you change us and mold us and shape us more to the image of Christ? As a result of our time here together this morning, we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Just be patient. How many times have you heard that? How many times have your parents said that to your children? Just be patient. Patience is not a natural quality in us, is it? We are not born patient people. In fact, some of the most impatient people are infants. You can ask the Westovers that this morning. Infants are impatient. You can ask Jim and Jennifer that in a few weeks. When a baby wants to be fed, it wants to be fed now. When a baby wants you to pick it up, it wants you to pick it up now. When a baby wants some attention, it wants that attention now, and one of the biggest challenges for parents is to teach their children to grow out of that and to learn and to develop some patience. If you're in the process of constantly trying to meet your child's every desire, when the child desires, desires it, you're not teaching them much patience. There are times when you just have to say to your child or your children, just be patient. 
And I'm sure that's something God the Father wants to say to us as his children from time to time as well. Just be patient. So many times we are much like little children. And we want, when we want, when we want it, we are impatient. Sometimes we're impatient with ourselves. Impatient with our own spiritual lives. We want to grow. We want to mature. We want to go know God better. We want, it, we want it to happen now. Sometimes we are impatient with the church. We want to see things happen. We want to see things change. And we want to see them happen and change now. Sometimes we are impatient with others. They don't act the way we want them to act. Don't do what we think they ought to do. We want to see some spiritual growth in them. And we want to see it now. Sometimes pastors get impatient with the congregations. Sometimes congregations get impatient with their pastors. Impatience. We are all guilty of it. We struggle with it. And that's unfortunate. Because patience, the Bible teaches, is a distinguishing mark of someone who is filled with the Spirit of God, who is walking daily in the Spirit. This is now the fourth sermon on the fruit of the Spirit. And I wish I could say that the farther you go in the fruit of the Spirit, the easier it gets. But I think it's just the opposite. Farther you go, I think the more difficult it gets. So far, we've looked at love, joy, peace, and now patience. I'm not sure you can say that any of those is easier than another. But remember, as we go through this, these are called the fruit of the Spirit. They are the result of the presence and of the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We are dependent people. We're dependent upon the Holy Spirit to produce these qualities and these traits in us. As we said earlier, these are not natural qualities. They are spiritual. They're not developed through human effort, but they are grown in us by the Holy Spirit. How do we know, again, the Holy Spirit abides in us and that we are filled with the Spirit. It is by the love and the joy and the peace and the patience and all the rest that the Holy Spirit produces in us. This has been, to be honest, a rather painful series of sermons to preach. I preached a sermon on love and in the process realized just how unloving I can be. I preached a sermon on joy and realized, you know, there are just times when I don't have a lot of that. I preached a sermon on peace and realized I struggle sometimes to have the peace that God wants me to have. Now here I am preaching a sermon on patience. You can ask my wife. She'd be a good resource for you on the level of patience that I show sometimes. But you know, that's what the Word of God is for, isn't it? The Word of God is like a scalpel. And it is to point out to us areas of deficiency, sin, from which we need to repent. 
Areas of weakness where we need to be strengthened. Places in our lives where there are voids. The Holy Spirit needs to come and fill and help us and make us better and more like Christ. I trust that this series of sermons is having that effect on me. I trust that it also will have that effect on you. So this morning we're looking at patience. Patience. We'll look at three parts of it. One, I want us to think about the importance of patience. Second, I want us to look at the times in our lives when we're called upon to be patient. And then third, I want us to look at some of the biblical examples that we find that demonstrate patience for us. So first then, the importance of patience. Or why is it important for you as a child of God to be concerned about being patient? Why is it necessary for a believer to be a patient person? I think you have several reasons. One reason is because it is one of the attributes of God. God is patient. When we categorize the attributes of God, theologically, we divide them two ways. We divide them into God's, what we call God's incommunicable attributes, and then God's communicable attributes. The incommunicable attributes are God, attributes God has in and of himself. For example... The fact that God is omnipresent, that he's always present everywhere, or God is omniscient, that he is all-knowing, or that he's omnipotent, that he's all-powerful, those are qualities God has in and of himself that he does not share with us. And it's futile for us to try to be like God in those areas. On the other hand, the communicable attributes of God are those which he is willing to communicate, share with us as his people. Those attributes of God that we are to seek, to copy and to embellish in our own lives. Some of those attributes of the communicable nature are His holiness, His righteousness, His goodness, His love, His faithfulness, and yes, as we'll see this morning, His patience. It's really interesting to me, is if you look through the list of the fruit of the Spirit, almost every one of them, is one of the communicable attributes of God. So to be filled with the Spirit, to walk in the Spirit, and to show the fruit of the Spirit is to demonstrate the communicable attributes of God in our own lives. You know, God identified himself to Moses saying this, the Lord, the Lord God, compassionate and gracious slow to anger and abounding in loving kindness and truth. The Lord, the Lord God, compassionate and gracious, slow to anger. Sometimes that word is translated long-suffering. It is the word for patience. God is patient. God is long-suffering with us. Just think where we would be. Just think where we would be if God was not patient with us. And we are to be patient as he is patient. Just as he is a patient God, we are to be a patient people. And so it's one of the attributes of God. Another reason is to be important to us is because it's part of the example that Jesus set for us. You know, Jesus is not just our Savior. But the Bible is clear. He is our example. 
We are to live after the pattern that Christ has set for us. And as you study the life of Christ, you realize how patient he was. He was patient with his friends when they were fickle and when they were disloyal. He was patient with his enemies when they mistreated him, insulted him, and abused him. He was patient all the way through the process of his trial and crucifixion. Now you've got to realize something. Jesus could have summoned to help at any time. In any circumstance when Jesus was placed in those difficult or dire circumstances, he could have called legions of angels to come and help him and to assist him. And yet Jesus patiently, patiently endured all his father gave him. The Bible tells us that while being reviled, he did not revile in return. While suffering, he uttered no threats. In another place it says, For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame. Jesus loved his people. And he was willing patiently to endure whatever it took to be our Savior. You see, Jesus had a long-term perspective. All the way through Jesus' ministry, but especially in the Gospel of John, coming around to John 17, you find Jesus longing for the glory to be restored that he once shared with his Heavenly Father. See, Jesus knew that his, his suffering was temporary. There was something far better, far greater. And that long-term, eternal perspective enabled him to have greater patience in his daily activities. And that's one thing James makes clear in our text. Boy, having a long-term perspective sure does help us develop the kind of patience God wants us to have. Look, for example, verse 7, first part of verse 7. Therefore be patient, brethren, when? Until the coming of the Lord. He holds that out for us. Then in verse uh, 8, you to be patient, strengthen your hearts, For what? The coming of the Lord is near. He holds that out for us. Verse 9. Do not complain, brethren, against one another, so that you yourselves may not be judged. Behold, the judge is standing right at the door. You see, James is giving us a long-term perspective. We we can't just look at the, the moment, the situation, the circumstance. We've got to look ahead at what God has in store for us. Because as we do that, It enables us to be more and more patient with the situations that we face every day. So it's important because it's one of the attributes of God. It's it's important because it's one of the examples that Christ set for us. It's also important because it is part and parcel of God's people. And we're going to look at some specific examples later that, that James mentions, but you can think of some of the Old Testament in particular and New Testament as well, men of God and the patience that they demonstrated. You can think of, think of Noah who was a man of great patience. You know, he was the odd man in his community. He was odd because he was righteous and he was the only righteous man God found there. But then he was even more odd when he started building a boat, this huge boat in the middle of the desert. And no doubt people ridiculed him. 
and mocked him and made fun of him. And yet Noah just kept hammering, patiently doing what God called him to do. Think of Moses. Well, Moses was called to lead an obstinate, difficult, rebellious people who had received so much from God and yet at every hand would turn away. He delivered them from the heavy hand of Pharaoh and their enslavement in Egypt. And yet, every time things began to go bad in the wilderness, what they want to do? Let's go back. Go back to Egypt. They became impatient with Moses. Remember Moses went to Mount Sinai? Spent about a month there receiving the law from the hand of God. The people got impatient. Built a we don't think Moses is coming back. He built this golden calf to try to lead them out of the wilderness. They were impatient. God, Moses was called upon to be patient with them over and over again. What do you find Moses doing? Pleading on behalf of these people for God to have mercy upon them. And you think of Paul who, you know, you can read through 2 Corinthians. He lists all these things that he endured for the gospel. And he patiently endured it for the cause of God's people. Patience is demonstrated in the great saints of God. And so it's one of the attributes of God, an example that Jesus said, and one of the qualities in godly people of the Bible as well. That's why it's important. Second, I want you to think about some of the situation in which you and I are called upon to exercise patience. There are all kinds of them. I could spend the rest of the day, couldn't I? Going through specific situations where we're called upon to be patient. I just want to name several. One is when you feel like someone has done you wrong. When someone has taken advantage of you. You know, that's a, a common experience of life, isn't it? People are going to let you down. They're going to hurt your feelings. They're going to go back on the word. They're going to say unkind things. It is just going to happen. Nobody likes that. And what is our first reaction? What is, what is our first response? Well, we want to get even, don't we? We don't play tit for tat. We want, to, we want to take our revenge. The Bible says, look, it's not your responsibility. Don't take your own revenge. Be patient. Have the long-term perspective. Leave room for the wrath of God. The Bible tells us that when people take advantage of us, when they do us wrong, we are to be patient. Patient. Another situation is when believers fall into sin. When we see people in disobedience. Our natural reaction when we see that happen is to begin to judge them, isn't it? Often to condemn them. The Bible is clear that is not our place. Do not judge lest you be judged. Now that's a tricky situation because the Bible tells us that we're in no way to condone sin, make people think it's acceptable, encourage it, excuse it. But we're also not to be in a hurry to judge it, to condemn someone because of it. My, my, again, how patient God is with us when we sin. 
The Bible says that our desire ought to be to restore someone to fellowship. Patiently to love them, to confront them, to bring them along. Being careful, Paul says, lest we too be tempted. Patiently helping them come back to a place of obedience. Now that doesn't mean that the church is not to exercise proper and appropriate spiritual discipline when necessary. But even that's to be done with great patience and not in haste. We're to plead for our brothers and sisters who fall into sin to confess and to repent and to come back to fellowship. Another situation where we're called upon to exercise patience is when we labor for Christ and there doesn't seem to be much success. You know, it's very easy to become impatient with the progress of the gospel. Maybe you're teaching a class. You teach and you teach. You teach every Sunday. Lead a Bible study. Do it every week. And you just don't see much result. Don't see much change. Don't see much fruit. God calls upon us to be patient. Maybe you are involved in sharing your faith. You're, you're faithful to, to witness to other people. But you know it seems like nothing happens. Nobody responds. You haven't seen anybody come to Christ. You have to be patient. Maybe you have a servant's heart and you do lots for other people. You give them a cup of cold water and, man, they don't appreciate it. Might even turn against you because of it or in spite of it. You've got to be patient. Now, being patient doesn't mean you quit. Being patient means you wait upon the Lord to bring the results that you long for and that you desire and you want to see. The Bible says we plant, we cultivate, we water, but God causes the growth. We can't do it. God must accomplish that for us. And so if you are in that situation this morning, involved in some kind of spiritual activity, endeavor, but you don't see the kind of results that you hoped you'd see. Be patient. Another situation we're called upon to be patient is at home. With our families. Ah, that's many times the most difficult place to be patient, isn't it? We husbands become impatient with our wives. Because they're slow to get ready. Or they don't do what we expected. You wives become impatient with us, your husbands, because we just do the same dumb old things over and over, and we just don't learn. Parents become impatient with your children because they keep making the same mistakes, and they keep disobeying in the same areas. Family life requires great patience. And one of the evidences that the Spirit of God is present in our families is that we're patient with each other. Now you know where I'm going next. I said I was going to apply these sermons to the home and the church. You know, another situation where we're called upon to be patient is in the church, in the body of Christ. It used to be, years ago, people wore these lapel pins. They had the words on it. 
Please be patient with me. God is not finished with me yet. And we ought to, we ought to treat everybody like we're all wearing those lapel signs. Please be patient with me. God's not finished with me yet. And we need to realize that, you know, we're all in that same boat. We're, we're all working towards sanctification, pursuing holiness. We aren't there yet. And it requires great patience for us to function together as a body of believers in the context of the church. Look, I know. There are times when you have to be very patient with me. There are times when I'm slow to respond. Times when I don't do what I ought to do, when I ought to do it. Times when I don't say what I ought to say, when I ought to say it. It takes great patience to deal with a pastor like me. I know that. Guess what? Sometimes it takes great patience to deal with a congregation like you too. You know, it's just required of all of us that we be patient with each other. You know, I just might wear a button next Sunday. Please be patient with me. And you're welcome to wear one yourself. Patience in the body of Christ. I could, again, go on and on with situation after situation. You face innumerable situations in your life every day where you're called upon to show this fruit of the Spirit, which is patience. And then third, and finally, and quickly, I want you to see some of the examples that James gives us in the text. He gives us three. One is the farmer, and that's in verse 7. Therefore be patient, brethren. The farmer waits for the precious produce of the soil, being patient about it until he gets the early and the late rains. You know, there's only so much a farmer can do, isn't it? He can prepare the soil, he can fertilize the soil, he can plant the seed, he can cultivate the plants. Then he's just got to wait. He's got to wait. When the deacons told me this morning, I was complimenting the, the work out here on the, the erosion. We had an erosion problem. He said, we might have to water some. You know, they did the work, and guess what? It hadn't rained a drop since. Patience. Be patient, like the farmer. The second example that he gives us is the prophets. Verse 10, as an example, brethren, of suffering and patience, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. You know, the prophets were men who were willing to take it on the chin for God. Who were willing to say it and endure whatever came next. Suffering and patience. Don't you realize many times those two things go together? The prophets are an example to us of that. Then the third example is the one you would probably come up with if I ask you for an example of patience in the Bible, you'd come up with Job. Verse 11. We count those blessed who endured. You have heard of the endurance or the patience of Job and have seen the outcome of the Lord's dealings, that the Lord is full of compassion and is merciful. Job, of course, is seen as the epitome of suffering and Job is the epitome of patience, 
So much happened to Job. And yet we're told in the midst of it, he did not curse God. He did not sin. But he kept the right attitude, trusting God moment by moment. Now his wife was another story. She became impatient, didn't she? And she came to Job and said, why don't you just curse God and die? Patience. Job is an example of patience. And in his patience, what did Job learn? Job learned that God is full of compassion and is merciful. When we are patient in those hard times of life, we learn some valuable lessons. One is we learn that, you know, the Spirit of God really is working in me. Because I couldn't have done this on my own. But as we patiently deal with whatever God brings, we realize God really is full of compassion and that He is merciful. And so, just like a parent expects his children to listen, so we need to listen when God says to us as His children, just be patient. Many times patience boils down to trusting Him. Patiently taking whatever God brings, enduring it, having a good attitude in it, giving witness to the truth of the gospel through it, trusting moment by moment in the filling of the Spirit to help you be patient in whatever God brings. It is one of the evidences of the presence and the work of the Spirit in our lives. How do we know the Spirit is in us as individuals and as a body? It is, again, by the love, the joy, the peace, and the patience He brings in our lives. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word. We thank you so much for this admonition to be patient, even though it's so hard We pray for grace, daily grace by your Spirit to show the kind of patience that proves that the Holy Spirit is real in us. We ask you to bring that to pass in our lives and ask in Jesus' name, amen.